Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The Trevor Brookin' and Billy Bones Paolo DiCaglio West Ham United We celebrate our victories We stick together in defeat Good evening, good morning or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. My name is George. I'm here with Sean. Hello, Sean. Good evening, good morning or good afternoon. Free wins in free. I'm on top of the world. Thank you very much for asking. We're getting used to George. this, aren't we? And I'm here with John. Hello, John. Hello. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Are you still grumpy, John? Oh. He, that's a point. He hasn't listened to it, so he doesn't know the whole grumpy he doesn't John know. bit. No. Pretty much the same. Pretty still grumpy. Probably, yeah. Despite nine points in a week. Yeah, nine points in one week. First. Well, football's going well, yeah. Fir- first, we beat the obese one. Right. Football's then we well. beat the Dirty Spurs. Uh, that's a bit harsh, you calling him my base, Sean. Yeah. And then we beat a bogey team that we had not won in 18 games beyond the, the penalties in the FA Cup. And we beat them. Do you know, at Goodison Park, we beat them two times in 22 years. Once every 11 years we beat them. <laughs> it's a true fact. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Pointless stat of the day. We Tim did Breaker, by the way. 1994. The 1-0 Tim Breaker Timmy Breaker Timmy, Timmy Breaker. Breaker but yes we did win away at Everton we and did. what a comeback it was yeah so Sean you didn't watch the game but John and I did uh, well that's not fair please qualify that Sean well, you didn't watch the game but John and I did <laughs> right I did watch the game yes did I did you? actually what live no I didn't watch the game live I don't oh, see the go. relevance of that I watched the whole game Recorded. I didn't watch it live. I don't see. What did you that in then? sorry, it was game of the day on. Yeah, football, on football. yeah, it was. So there you go. But so you haven't got Sky. So how did you? Well, because I have a. So he hasn't. Box. He hasn't read the. Fu- he hasn't yeah, watched the full ninety minutes. And if you watch extended highlights, no, I didn't watch match of the day. I watched the full. They were extended highlights, but it had everything in it. So I, I don't know. It was at least an. <laughs> anyway, I, anyway. I've watched the whole game. I know all the talking points. I've watched the game. Sure you have. 
I didn't watch it live. You're right. I was in Westfield Shopping Centre in Stratford by a new home, just checking everything's ready for the new home. All right. Well, John, you and I watched the game. Sean didn't. Uh, yeah. Hang on. Can I just qualify saying you two at the beginning of the game weren't even at home? So how did you watch the game live, well, guys? George was I had it on my phone. On his phone. He you can't be watching the phone. I was watching he it on was my phone. Watching it on your phone. He was sat there watching it on his phone, and then we got back home, and we we only missed the first sort of 10, 20, 30 minutes. 10, 15, 20, maybe. Anyway, anyway. by the time we got home, we were one nil down, and Everton were down by one man. No, we saw that happen. Well, we saw that happen, but when we got so home and put it on the big TV. First yeah. question: Resoxford too much for him, or would any would a, a, an informal Lukaku have beaten? I know, Winston Reid or James Tompkins in that position. I assume you've seen that particular element of it. Possibly. I mean, Lukaku is a handful when he's on form. He is in form. Um, it's a, it was a tough ask for Reece Oxford. I, I felt, yeah, I felt sorry for him. I, he looked absolutely gutted. When you, you know, he felt it was at fault. You, they zoomed in on him afterwards and he looked absolutely gutted. He felt completely at fault for that goal. Well... But I thought he handled himself for the rest of the game. It, it didn't let him affect it. You know, you can't point to any other mistake that I can remember. I don't know if you two can. No. Where you say he made and another it mistake wasn't really for the rest of the game. It was really a mistake either, was it? It was just... No, he just got, got done. He, he got was too quick him. for him. Yeah. yeah, he just got done by him. Yeah, right. He could have done that. He could have done that to, to the likes of Ginji. He could have done that too. I would have thought out of all of them, it probably Reed might have stood up to him better. But, you know... Lukaku always scores against I'm us. I'm pretty though. sure that there'll be a hell of a lot of like first team defenders in the Premier League who gets done by Lukaku on a regular. So Morales. Obviously Morales. He got he got a yellow card for diving. He did. Was it a dive? I think it was. Yeah, it was. He a did dive. look like a dive to me. I don't think he can have any complaints and I know that Roberto Martinez has had many. Did he did he Roberto say it shouldn't have been a sending off? Yep. Yeah, he said he, for anyone if you've played the game, you shouldn't be booking people for stuff like that. But the rules well, are the rules. Graham Pohl disagreed with him. Graham so, Pohl so said Dermot Gallagher. Yeah, um Graham Pohl said that it should have been a sending off. Yeah, everybody I think just agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think Martinez is out of his depth over there. I think he's his time's coming. He'll be out of a job soon. So the second goal. Especially with the takeover. Yeah, with the money coming second in. Second goal, Lennon. Not really a lot you can complain about that. No. That was quality. It was, was a good goal. Good goal yeah. and poor defending again, really. Well, who, I, I didn't see who was really at fault on that well, defending. It's, it's not. It's just not you don't always have to be at fault. It's just I know. It just, it just seemed to on cut on in there and we, we were sleeping. But you, you know, we, we had a very makeshift defence, though, didn't we? Let's face it. Well, we had a Borna and... and Creswell. Creswell. Antonio. Were they playing three at the back again? No, Antonio, Antonio was playing. Well, they were playing And, and Oxford, back. yeah. But Antonio was playing as a right back, essentially. Yeah, he was. Chiarty was playing as a makeshift centre back again. Yeah. So it was a pretty, ma pretty much like makeshift defence. So, you know. So no complaints for the second goal. But no complaints. Controversy. When it comes to the penalty, first of all, uh, well, no, th there was one other point before that. I'm trying to remember if I'm getting this in order. The um, handball incident. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that. I don't think we take much notice the second of half. it. But it so he did move. Uh, I think it's. I remember. I remember. He moved, and he definitely moves towards 
And, and do you know I, what? I remember our shout for a handball. No, I'm talking about their shout for a handball. Yeah, I remember that. I've seen it. It looks like on replays that they would have a valid shout. Yeah, it yeah does. I, I agree. But then they got a penalty that wasn't a penalty. So that's it. So the penalty that wasn't a penalty. I mean, replays seem to show if we all agree that it was, it was outside it the was area. It was outside the box. As I said, unfortunately, on Clarence Hugh earlier, quoting um, Graham Pohl, the six-yard box when I made the 18-yard box and said it was outside the six-yard box and people went, uh, then it would have been a penalty I made the 18 No, it was outside the box. But then... But you don't really do football, Sean. You just do football finance. <laughs> True. But then uh, Adrian did come off his line quite well, a bit. Well, so that's what Graham Pohl said. Graham Pohl said, if there's one rule that everybody breaks, it's moving off the line. And you can see, I've seen the replay and I've got some, I put some shots up. And Adrian doesn't just move once, but twice off his line. And when you look, and I freeze-framed exactly Why would when you do that? Because it was a story for Clarence and Hugh. Well, it's not a story, really, is it? Right. When you freeze-frame... says a penalty, but steps off the line. That's not really a hang story. Hang on a minute. <laughs> listen, listen. When you freeze-frame, there's no um, Everton players encroaching the area at all. But three West Ham players, before Lukaku have kicked the ball... We're already in the 18-yard box. But didn't he, like, do a little fake? He did. And that, that's the other argument. People say, well, then stop doing this, you know, dummy and stop halfway through because that, you know, yeah. uh, confuses a keeper. And that's why referees are more lenient. You know, it's almost tantamount to cheating because you're trying to con the keeper to dive or go some way. Um, but... Graham Pohl S- sort of said it's criminal that they were he allowed to He was a good referee, Graham Pohl, wasn't he? You know, he only booked a player three, three times, times before he sent a card. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, I mean, it's, it's all it's academic now because it, it's done. But yeah, it was a he says they should, stamp day, down, they should stamp down on this goalkeeper's moving well, on. If they're going to stamp down on that, they have to stamp down on shirts being pulled and players being wrestled in the box. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't they have to stop people dummying before they take a penalty. I don't think it Anyway, we all agree that was a turning point when he saved... I mean, and let's be honest, it was a poor penalty by slow, Sorry, slow news day, was it, Sean? Well, it was a bit of a slow yeah, news day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that you're right. It was a turning point. And I think when it happened, I said, come on, that's it. And so they did. he did get a fluky... Through past Barkley, didn't he? Well, no, I was about to say, and then equally as important, I think, was Adrian Save on the one-on-one, where Lukaku was brought... You might not have seen it on your highlights that you watched. I did. Oh, you did see it? I did see that, because it obviously was extended highlights. It had all the action. So, like you said, John, I think he got a little bit lucky with the... He uh, made some great ...through ball. Yeah, I think it deflected deflective. off Noble or someone. Yeah, and it was a pass through. Right through the middle of the two defenders. Can I do one stat attack? Go on, then. Adrian. Yeah has saved the most penalties since his debut in 2013 of any Premiership keeper currently playing. Premier League. League. Premier League player. He saved the most penalties. Uh, One, not one. Not two. Not three. Four, isn't it? But four. Four penalties he saved since 2013. And then we scored. We did. So he... Well, we didn't score. Four after... Song... Song song gave away the penalty, didn't he? But Song and... Uh, it was the substitutions. Yes, yeah, Song that's came the thing. on. Who else came on? The Messiah, Slap and Billich. Who he else came he on? Got song. He got Song. Sacco. Sacco. Sacco came on. At one point. And at that point then, we had Song, Sacco and Carroll. And, and our and man, Antonio. Front. Five goals in how many games now? 
five, is it? Five and five, is it? Is it something like that? How good is the beast, George? The beast. I think he's he's showing himself to be very good. I think he's consistently performing, consistently scoring. What more do you want from a right back? I tell you what I want. I was disappointed, right? The first game we had the Homer Simpson. The second time we had the Prince of Bel Air. No, I, I, I don't think. Yeah, we did. We had the Prince of Bel Air. It was supposed to be the worm, but he no. got it wrong and it was the Prince of Bel Air. It wasn't the Prince of Bel Air. What was it then? It was the Carlton. The Carlton yeah. from the Prince of Bel Air. From the, from, the, from the show Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. The Prince of Bel Air is Will Smith's character, oh, yeah, Will. Okay, okay. All right, so it was supposed to be the worm and he got it wrong. Where was his goal celebration this time? I think it was a big goal in terms of I think there was everyone up and twelve minutes left and he just wanted to get on with it, which I've Well, I'm sure he had a goal celebration in mind. I was just disappointed not to see it. I wasn't I wasn't because that would have given us another story. Pick the ball up, run back to the centre circle to try and score again, which we did. Which they did. So Antonio got the first from a good ball in from Mark Noble. Yeah. Good a good header as well. Mark Noble, by the way, and Payet absolutely dominated midfield. It was one of those away games where we dominated for the last twelve minutes po- yeah. possession. And we ran the midfield racket. Oh, I thought Everton kept the ball really well for a team of 10 men. I thought Everton did, Everton did very well. Well, you see what the stats are when you see them in a minute. Stats don't lie. Well, we had 58% possession. They had 42%. So it wasn't a huge difference given that they had 10 men. Mm. And considering that we only actually did that over the last we, 20 We minutes. were dominatrix in that midfield. And we had 17 shots, 5 on target. They had 15 shots with 8 on target. So actually it's pretty even. And they had a player less. Mark Noble, <laughs> Mark Noble, ninety-one percent pass rate. I think he's got the best pass rate in the league at the moment. I he's think he has. He's got the he's best amazing as an, of any English player in the league. I'm not sure it's everyone. And when you put see what passes he put together and interceptions and everything, he's just immense. So I love him. We sat there again, a little bit not disappointed but disheartened by Pye's performance. I thought he was giving the ball away again and. Was starting to look frustrated in himself, but then he comes up with an assist to for Sacco. Sacco. Yeah, good assist. Brilliant ball in. Great goal for Sacco. Back, back. Sacco's back. The sack is back. And he uh, peeled away with and his he was, crossed he was, arms. He was, again, he was looking good, wasn't he, Sack? He was, he like was t- providing a right nuisance of himself. I'll tell you what stuck out for me out of all of this, the comeback, really, is the effect, the Carroll effect. I was going to say that. Carroll and Sack working together look pretty good, to be honest. They Because you watch, you watch them when that ball goes in the box, you get at least two, at least two every time on Carroll. Yeah, well, that's what and I that thought. That's exactly what I was going to say. He, t- he takes defenders away, yeah, doesn't he? They mark space. him to death. That's what happened, that's what happened for the uh, Mikel Antonio goal, and that's yeah. obviously what happened with Sacco. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't a know. Diversion tactic. It's just they—they they don't know how to cope with him. So I don't know how we're going to make that work on Sunday. What? How would you play two up front? Play two. Who up would front. you drop? Obiang. Yeah, I think possibly. You got to. Because I agree. It's I not think fair on. Uh, I think Sako and Carroll up front should be our first yeah, choice front pairing. Absolutely. But he doesn't always play. Well, you got the extra problem that Valencia is going to be fit on Sunday. Yeah. Well, he'd be on the bench when he it's not. So anyway, anyway, let's Sacco, talk about the third goal. Yeah, Sacco's equaliser. We thought, all right, we'll take that. Hold on. And then we uh, push him for the winner. 89 we minute. It. We bloody got it. Do you know what? We never on, get on, last on minute winners. Sans- mm-hmm. We've had two this year. And when when the, I don't who's whose footage are we watching? Watching um, 
Centennia. 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 So as it came up, as you scored, did you did you see the goal as it came up at that exact second? They were just putting up man of the match is Lukaku. Goal goes in. Hilarious. Yeah. It was. Well, we we just thought I, I couldn't believe it for. We've him. got Payet. Well, it's just that whole thing. London again, player the of, of the year. Really. That was just it, wasn't it? The the ball in Carroll knocked down Sakai's flick. You know that was just class. Sublime. And then Payet finished. Not Meg. What Bosch. is it? What it? What Bosch. is it about? Did, are we lucky? There's something special I know, about. Mate. I can't remember a West Ham side that would ever come back. You know. 2-0 down. I was almost, I mean, all right, you know I was walking around uh, Stratford-Westfield, right? I was ready. I was listening to the radio at the time. And when it went down to 2-0, I must be honest, I was going, oh. well, is there any point listening Well, when anymore? I text you to say that uh, we've scored three goals and we'd won 3-2, yeah, you I didn't believe back you. saying, are you serious or is this a joke? Yeah, well, I was, I was <laughs> on the tube by then and I went, are you kidding me? Because you do like to wipe me up, George. Do we? Yeah, you do. No, you I tell me pronunciations of players that are not I true. Said, I sat there and just thought, you know, as, as long-suffering West Ham fans, I sat there for a while. This is just, this is a typical West Ham performance, actually, at Everton. You know, we've had a good win in the week. Go there. We're going to lose two. We're going to have to put up with all the, all the Everton fans. You know, we've only got 10 men and all that. This is kind of typical, but it's not anymore, is it? It's just not no. typical anymore. And um, now we, you know, another three points. I'm going to say this now. Let's, let's just let this sink in. We are fifth in the league above Man United, right? We are one point away from fourth place, Manchester City, on 50 points. With a game in hand. With a game in hand, but they've been fucking it up. And well, just we keep, are keeping your feet on the ground, three sure. points, just one win away. From third place Arsenal with 52 I'm, points. I would think we've got more chance of catching Arsenal because they're awful. So we've got to play them as well, haven't we? Well, they I just draw think, lane. dare we dream, one as well. dare we dream, and I asked this to our, one of our guests this evening, which we're going to talk about in a minute, can we win the FA Cup and finish in the top four to qualify for Champions League? Dare we dream that, George? Dare, dare to dream, dare as, to as dream. our, uh, our uh, Tottenham, Tottenham neighbours would would say. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I think no reason why not. I think the team feels inspired. There's a good feeling around the whole club within the team and the fans and everyone really. It's good to um, dream. I think was it David Sullivan or Gold that said? I think it was David. I read it on Claret Hugh actually. David Gold saying that there's a kissing and cuddling feeling around the club at the moment. There is. There does seem to be. I saw a tweet. always a good thing. I saw a tweet of his saying, uh, "Great, a great team, a great, a great club, great fans, and like a perfect storm." And that's the kind of feeling. The perfect storm. Yeah. That's a good word, isn't it? That's what the kind of feeling is. There's optimism everywhere. And I'll be honest with you, from Bridge's tactical change against Tottenham to nullify them, and his changes here. To turn this game around, I'm getting more and more impressed. Did you see what he said about when he, when we Pye scored? He didn't know what to do with himself, so he yeah, just he ran, ran down, down the, the tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we 
we're unbeaten in like 13 games now, aren't we? Is it 14 games? Yeah. yeah, something like I'm that. I'm beaten in 14 it's games. Just, it's just all going too well. We haven't well. been beaten. We've said on this podcast for so long, it's all going to come tumbling down at yeah. some point, and it hasn't. <laughs> but that's what they've been saying about Leicester. You know, everybody goes, well, Leicester won't stay there. They won't, they won't win the league, you know, and, and they're proving everyone wrong, and so is West Ham. Um, so, right. yeah. Shall we hear what our, bit, um, bit, our master has to say? It's a bit disconcerting, really, isn't it? It's just it, is. it is. I've got friends at work at West Ham fans, and every time I see them on a Monday, I'm just like, this is all going too well. too well. Anyway, shall we ask our gaffer? Sure. Sure, sure. Let's hear what the gaffer had to say. Well, Slavin at 2 0 down and a penalty awarded against you, were you ready to head for the team bus? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, if they had scored a penalty, they would probably win the game. They would probably have won the game, and uh, but they didn't. And uh, they deserve it, uh, something, uh, because they, 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 they fought. They had an unbelievable Lukaku on the pitch, and they are a good team. We don't have a record at all here at Goodison, to be fair. But uh, nobody can deny that uh, even when we were two down, basically from the first, first whistle, from the first minute of the pitch, we were the better side, and we were the side that was... Uh, good with the ball, they were there all the time in front of their box, but we didn't use the chances, so our last last ball was not good enough to break them through, because they have a quality team, and uh, up front, of course, they have they have quality, I said it before a game, on a paper, they they are one of the best, best teams in the, the league, so uh, the good thing is that uh, uh, all the time we ask from the players not to rush, not to lose the composure, and, and we didn't do it, even when we were 2-0 down, and uh, we, when we scored the first one, of course, you are starting to, to believe it even more. And then after that uh, crazy game, of course, crazy game, but uh, brilliant win for us. We are a team with uh, great quality. We are a team that is together. We are a team that, is, uh, that really has got a strong character. It is not the first time uh, that we went down and then come back. And basically, to do it at Goodison against such a good Everton, is, uh, is magnificent. Maybe we were a little bit, uh, I said we, from, from the start, we were a better team. Maybe we weren't in defensive transition that good because of the game we played on uh, Wednesday night against Spurs. But overall, uh, we showed everything and uh, we deserved to win the game. It was good old-fashioned crosses and headers that got you back in though, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you have to do it because when, when, when they... When they, when they went to ten men, they let you have a ball, uh, especially on side. They close the midfield, they close the uh, box, they defend in a box, and then uh, all, not all that you can do, but the most you can do are the crosses. That's why we put after that a little bit of Payet there, who's got a great cross. We put Mark to come there, uh, and uh, we got a reward. Of course, uh, you could feel it. When they went down to 10 men, you could feel every time we had a ball, you felt that we have extra men, okay. But when they have a ball, they have Lukaku, and Lukaku, uh, he's not only compensating that, that loss of one player, but he's, he's like, he's, he's the worst of, I don't know, more than two players. He was magnificent, I have to say that. So you're up to so fifth. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, 
I said to my defenders also to Reese Oxford, he, we changed him only because, because we had extra men on the pitch and we wanted to switch from three to two center halves, okay, but uh, also he was good. And our center halves also, Ogbona and Kuyate, were good, but it's just that uh, it's sometimes it's uh, impossible to stop Lukaku. But you ultimately claim the points. You, you're up to fifth in the table. So go on, where do you go from here? Uh, now we go home. We go home and we have a... I told to the guys, we have a, every game till the, till the end of the season. It's a cup final for us, every one of them. So we are not thinking about, I don't know, uh, two games in a row or three games in a row. We're thinking about the next game. Okay, next game is the isolated one. It is a special one, FA Cup quarterfinal. Uh, but... Uh, as I said, we have uh, we have a lot of cup finals till the end of the season. Lots of forward to thank, yeah, you, thank you, thank you very much. There you go. That is what the gaffer has to say. What do you think about John? I think he's got it bang on that. Uh, just just that, especially the last bit he said there. It's just would would you have got on the team bus if it was three nil? Uh, yeah, people were leaving when. Um, uh, what, Crystal Stanford? Palace. Crystal Palace yeah. played the other day, weren't they? When they were three 0 down after thirty minutes, it was up north somewhere. Was it West Brom? I don't know. And they travelled all the way to West Brom. Did they draw? They did in the end, and they left after thirty minutes. Travel all the way to West Brom. To be fair, we have a free goal rule, don't we? We do. Would we leave from like somewhere? I wouldn't, I wouldn't we were leave an away game up north. No, nah, yeah. it's not worth it. Is I'd it? give it till five. <laughs> you could go all the way up there. It's like yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyhow. So that was an amazing win. A very un-West Ham win. We've yeah. said that a lot this season. Onwards and upwards. Is it the new West Ham? Is it the Ham? new West Ham way? Yeah. The new, new West there you go, there's a story for you. The new West Ham way is winning. The new West Ham way. Is this, there's a title. Is this the new West Ham way? Right, I like it. I'll write a story about that. Right. And reference podcasts as much as you want. Yeah, of course. I know, we'll title the podcast The New West Ham Way. And then you can... Do a, a, a post title of that. Yeah. Good. Symmetry. Uh, on to Darren Lewis. So, Sean, you caught, you caught up with the Mirror mirror Journalist? Yeah, we not one, but we got two interviews tonight um, in association with Clarence Hugh. Woohoo! Um, yeah, so uh, I'll tell you how this came about. Um, a long time ago, I appeared with, with Darren Lewis, who's, who's, as I say, a journalist for the Daily Mirror in an old... Sports Tonight TV. Do you remember that old thing that was on oh, Sky yes. and everything? Oh, yes. It lasted about a week, didn't it? It didn't. It lasted a little bit longer. It was online to begin with, and then they got a gig to put it on Sky, but it folded. It was Kevin McKenzie from The Sun that funded it. Is it, it or Kelvin? Kelvin McKenzie. Oh, yeah. No, it was his brother, Kevin. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Kev Mack. Um, Darren is not a, a West Ham fan, but he writes a lot about West Ham. Um, and... W- and, and he Hugh talks myself. a lot about West Ham as well. He does. I hear him on the sports bar on Talk Sport, and he's always talking about West Ham. He and does. He always congratulates West Ham. He does. He's got. I think he's got a lot of time for West Ham, even though he doesn't support West Ham. Mm-hmm. He's probably, as I joke, he's probably the only journalist not support West Ham in the media. But um, the reason Hugh contacted him, and we did a, he did a blog for us on Clarence Hugh this morning, is everybody seems to be going on when we lost against. Sorry, when we won against Spurs, Spurs lost. Everyone was going on about the Spurs story. Spurs lost, or they did this wrong, they did that wrong. This is, it has this mucked up their title chance. No one concentrated on West Ham. 
And this season, there's been a theme. Everyone talks about Leicester. Everyone talks about Chelsea self-destructing. Everyone talks about Man City self-destructing. Everyone talks about Liverpool not doing so well. But no one talks about West Ham. And I thought, I know, let's, let's get Darren on. Independent. He's not emotional about West Ham of like a lot a of mirror. us. Sorry? No, he's a neutral fan, I think. A oh. neutral fan. And... Uh, and, and tell us how it is about West Ham. So here is Darren Lewis. And we welcome to more than just a podcast. He's a football journalist from the Daily Mirror. It's Darren Lewis. Hi, Darren. Hi, Sean. How are you? Not too bad. It's a few years since we've met up when we uh, did that, uh, what was it called? Sports Tonight Sports Live. Sports Live TV, yes. <laughs> Indeed. Now the tables have turned. Yes. Look at how, West, how well West Ham are doing now, Darren. They are indeed. They've been very, very impressive all season. Um, I've covered them for um, a few years now, as you know. And I've seen the evolution, really, from a side that went down into the championship, uh, came back under Sam Allardyce. And I think you have to give Big Sam his due. Um, he did get them back. He did keep them up. Um, and he did lay, lay the foundations for what is now a really really exciting period in the club's history. Yeah, we. I, I know you're not a West Ham fan. I think you're the only journalist in the media who's not a West Ham <laughs> fan sometimes. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, you can be slightly more independent and keep, you know, your feet on the ground rather mm. than some of us get a little bit too oversighted mm. what's going on. I mean, obviously there was big concerns when Slavin was picked, you know, as, as um, I forget who was it, one of the pundits, said, you know, they got their fifth choice man, Mm. um, but they've been proved right, you know, they didn't get Rafa Benitez, Slavin has maybe had a little bit of luck in the summer signings, um, but we feel, as West Ham fans, we're at the start of something special. Are are we deluded, or or, or do you think we are at the start of something special? I don't think you're deluded at all. I think, look, it's important, and and as you rightly say, I'm can be objective about this because I don't have any allegiances under either way, but I have covered um, West Ham for some time. It, the hierarchy is very open about the fact that they did go for Jurgen Klopp, but Klopp um, decided at the time that he wanted to take a break. Let's not kid ourselves, Sean. He was waiting for a better offer. And fair play yeah. to him. You know, when you come from Borussia Dortmund, you, you can afford to do that when you've been at a club or with their profile and work with players of their calibre. Then the, the, the West Ham hierarchy agreed a deal with Rafa Benitez. He would have been yeah. a fantastic capture for the club. Let's not kid ourselves on that either. And Real Madrid took him. That's how highly... Uh, that's how high his esteem is and his standing is in the game, regardless of what may have panned out at the Bernabeu. So, yes, you know, Billich would have come behind those guys, you know, but the beautiful thing about Billich is that even from the moment he came in, he he fitted handy in glove with the team. He worked well with uh, with the owner um, and, and, and they all worked together on, with one clear common goal on making the West Ham squad stronger. And that's exactly what they've done uh, from day one. They've managed to strengthen the midfield. They've made sure that the team are not relied any on any count and attack. Uh, they've brought good players out wide. Uh, Victor Moses has really proven his work. Mikel Antonio now at five in his last eight, scored in his last three. 
And in central defence, um, you've been able to cope where in previous seasons you would have struggled. And I remember writing earlier this season that the West Ham squad was comparable to the Spurs squad. And there was a lot of, obviously, disagreement uh, as far as Spurs were concerned. But I look at the points difference between the two clubs at the moment. Are Spurs that far ahead of West Ham? Spurs are on 54 points at the moment. West Ham are on 49 points. Um, okay, Spurs may have uh, the greater depth in terms of young players that Mauricio Pochettino brought into the first team. Um, but, you know, I, I think if West Ham had not had the injuries that they've had this season, I wonder if it would have been a lot closer than it is at the moment. I think as far as Bilic is concerned, Sean, just to answer your question, I think he, he may not been the, have been the first choice, but since he's come in, everyone has forgotten Every other name mentioned with the club, Bilic is now synonymous with what West Ham are all about. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's you know, the chairman obviously put their hands in their pockets as well, and that's that's helped him because you know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He, he couldn't take over the previous team and maybe work the miracles. All the media seems to focus on Payette, but as you've just mentioned the names, Lanzini, uh, Antonio, um, and let's not forget Sam Byram, who's come in, and, and Cresswell's continued to do well. Kearty has done well. You know, it's, it's, we're not just a one-team player, although in the media sometimes, Payet seems to get all the coverage. Yeah, I think Payet is your, 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 your headline player, if you like, uh, in the same way that Vardy is, or, or Mares would be for, for Leicester, Ozil Sanchez would be for Arsenal. Um, you look at Spurs and everyone thinks they're a one-team player in terms of Harry Kane, but they score goals for midfield and Alderweireld is their key defender. Without him, I don't think they're that organisation at the back. Uh, Wayne Rooney is apparently the top man at, at Manchester United. I think Pyatt is the poster boy for everything you 
you're doing at the football club because you do have a higher caliber of player there. Uh, you do have so many players who can contribute to the team. But Pyatt is the beacon, the player that is going to attract other top players to West Ham Football Club because they can say, if he can go to that club and do the business, if his style of play can turn West Ham into a better side, I'd like the chance to play with him. And I tell you what, we all know that the club are interested in Mishi Batshuayi at Marseille, who played uh, with Payet when he was at Marseille. I would love to see Payet providing the goals, uh, providing the through balls for, for Batshuayi to score the goals in a West Ham shirt, because that would be quite something. But as you rightly say, and as I've said many times before, West Ham are not any, a, a one-man team by any stretch of the imagination. Strong in goal, Darren Randolph came in when uh, Adran was suspended earlier this season. He did superbly. Strong in central defence. Uh, you've had so many injuries there, but you've had players like Collins, who has been a revelation this season, even though he could well have gone to QPR uh, last summer. Uh, Winston Reed, Angelo Bueno, what a capture he's been from uh, Juventus. You've got that mentality uh, within the squad that if someone is out, you've got quality players to come in. I think, Sean, Cecco Chianti could walk into any team in the Premier yeah. League, bar none. Uh, and, and you can see why Spurs tried to pinch him last summer, but he stayed at the club. The club, West Ham are not a selling club anymore. They do good business. They ensure that if they do, if they are to lose players, those players are going to go for a huge amount of money. Uh, but they don't want to lose those players, and they're not forced to lose up those players. And the TV money means that they are in a stronger position to say no, where in the past... Perhaps they would have had to say yes. But I think we are seeing a sea change at the moment. With the other teams as well, the Spurs and the Leicesters of this world, uh, who will have Champions League football next season and will be even more able to say to some of the big clubs, no, you're not pinching our players off us. I think West Ham are moving into that area as well. Well, we're only, as you said earlier, we're one point off Champions League fourth place. Um, and only three points off third place of Arsenal. I know there's over, what's it, 11 games to go. But do we dare to dream that we could get Champions League? I did, I did an article earlier to say that, you know, the difference between 12th place, where we finished last year, and fourth place is £10 million extra for merit payments. But getting in the cha- Champions League, even Liverpool, who did pretty poorly, they won one game, lost three, uh, and drew two last year, they still got £26 million <laughs> From Champions League. And by the way, it goes up another 40% this year. So, you know, we're talking 40, 50 million pounds for coming fourth. Dare we dream that we could finish fourth or third this year, Darren? There's a lot of hard work to go. Um, you've got some tough times ahead. Um, and I think Slavin Bilic has been right to say, let's just take it a game at a time. However, and I, again, you know me, Sean, I've said this for a few weeks now, you've got your best squad for my money. I can remember. I think that when you've survived all of the injuries that you've had, all of the tough times you've had, that period uh, mid-season when you, 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 I think you were winless in eight matches and you drew six of them last season, you'd have lost more of those games. Uh, but this time around, you are stronger. I think for all that people are saying, and if you look at the TV and if you listen to the radio and you, you go through Twitter, it's all United this, and City that, and could Liverpool make a late run, and Chelsea, no one's talking about West Ham. But I think yeah, well, I was asked, that was a point I was going to make up. Sometimes, and I think sometimes West Ham fans can be sensitive, 
Everybody talks about Leicester. Everybody talks about Spurs losing, you know, their title chance on last Wednesday and not about West Ham winning and having a chance. Everyone talks about how bad Chelsea's doing. Everyone talks about Man City mucking it up. But no one, in our opinion, as West Ham fans, seems to speak about West Ham's chances. It's, it's almost like we're overlooked because, because there's so many West Ham people in the media. But I wonder if it's worth turning that to your advantage because I think without as much pressure as the other clubs on you, I think it might work in your favour. I really do. I think that so many people are, are dismissive of West Ham um, that you could actually just go about your business nicking those results and then before you know it, you're going to be in a situation where you can take advantage of the other team's failings. I look at the other teams, you know, Sean, City, two wins in their last seven in all competitions. Uh, I think it's two wins from their last ten away from home. Yes, they were impressive in beating Aston Villa, but everybody beats Aston Villa at the moment. I'd be more convinced about City if they could have put a run at this stage of three or four Premier League wins together. Can they do that? I look at United, one away, one win away from home in their last eight. OK, they beat Arsenal the other day and they beat Watford, but Watford are very unlucky indeed, and Arsenal's morale is through the floor at the moment. Um, and they went to West Brom and they were beaten, and I think that's more of a measure of where they're at at the moment. So West Ham got a great chance a really, really good chance. And the fact that there isn't that much fanfare around them is fantastic. So, yeah, dare to dream by all means. Just do it a bit quietly. So that okay, everyone well, I'm gonna, very quietly, I'm going to ask you a last question. We play Man United at Old Trafford this Sunday. Mm. Can we win the FA Cup this year? And can we, and where do you, what, is it, do you, give us an estimate or your prediction of where we can finish in the league this year as your last final <laughs> question. Uh, no pressure. Um, I think you've got a good chance against United because I think the confidence is quite fragile. Um, and I think the way that Van Gaal sets his team up at the moment, I don't think he's getting the best out of them. Um, and although Rashford exploded onto the scene and, and, and he was fantastic and, and, and he has been a breath of fresh air, I'm still looking at that United side and I'm still not convinced about them at all. Uh, whereas I look at the West Ham side and there are goals in that team. There are strength in midfield. Hopefully you'll have James Tompkins back uh, at the weekend for that game as well because I think Everton was a bridge too far uh, for Reece Oxford. I think he had a tough time against Romelu Lukaku. Um, and I wouldn't want to see him up against the likes of Anthony Martial um, if he were to play more centrally. I think as far as the game is concerned, I do think you've got a good chance. It's way, even at this stage, you know, sure, it's still way too early to say whether West Ham, whether any team can actually win the FA Cup. But I do think you would go to Old Trafford with a lot of confidence. As for where you would finish in the league at the moment... <laughs> Again, tough one, but I think I, I, I'll hedge my bets a bit and cheat. I think you have as good a chance as City and United of finishing fourth. But that's what we wanted to hear, Darren. I know you're on a West Ham podcast, but uh, hopefully it was an independent view and, and not one because of the audience. Darren, you've been a great sport. Thanks for being, I guess, on more than just a podcast. If people want to follow you, you're Mirror Darren, aren't you, on Twitter? I am indeed. I am indeed. Thanks a lot for having me on. Good show. luck. Cheers, Bye. Darren. Likewise. Bye. Cheers. There you go. Thank you very much, Darren Lewis.
What do you think of that, John? I'm going to hold judgment on that. Because <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard <laughs> it. No. I like Darren. Talks a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm sure he likes you too, Sean. You're Good. quite a likeable <laughs> chap. Thank you. <coughs> Still got a bit of a cough. Still got a cough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then part well, number two Claret and Hugh interview is with Stephen Hunt, who is the chairman of the West Ham Ladies. West Ham Ladies, yeah. I'm not going to say too much about this because he's going to say it all. But obviously, they've got a big, important game. They've, they've been granted permission to play on the bowling ground under the famous lights. It's £5 for adults, £1 for children, 7.45 kickoff on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on um, Monday evening, Monday evening or, Tuesday or Tuesday morning before or 7 30, yeah. then get yourself down to the bowling ground and, and support the West Ham Ladies. Here is Stephen Hunt, chairman of West Ham Ladies. And we welcome to more than just a past Pogman. Let me start again. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> live. <laughs> Luckily, we're not doing it live. Yeah. And we welcome to more than just a podcast. He's the chairman of the West Ham Ladies. It's Stephen Hunt. Hi, Stephen. Hi, how are you doing? Hi. Big day for you tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this, obviously, on the Monday. And uh, you've got a West Ham Ladies game at the bowling ground under the lights. Um, let's start off with how that came about. Well, it had always been talked about from the moment we were, uh, were appointed uh, almost this time last year. And so once we got to meet the club in the summer... Um, it was obviously the thing on the table and really since August we've been talking about doing it and thinking about the issues and uh, it's a big task for a small club um, which is essentially voluntary based to sort of take over running of a well a world famous stadium for the night so um, yes it's not just you know I think both sides wanted to do it it was the logistics that were the problem so um, we were pleased when uh, in January we finally got the go ahead to put this on so it all meant we had to scrabble like crazy to to make it happen and um Yes, 24 hours' time, I shall be um, putting my feet up and uh, seeing how it went, hopefully uh, basking in the glory of a win. So. <laughs> uh, £5 for adults, £1 for children. How, how Can you tell us how many you've sold? I'm, I'm told by, by Geo it's a, a record uh, for West Ham ladies anyway already. Yeah, we'll probably announce it tomorrow, but um, we've tripled our, 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 our record crowd already in advance ticket sales, um, smashed every forecast that we made so at the moment uh, we're well into profit we're we've, it's already been a success and from what i hear there's lots and lots and lots of people who'll be turning up on the night and paying cash on the door we've kept the prices at the same as we normally charge for a normal league game our season tickets are valid for the game and uh, even the cost of the program two pound is the same as what we normally charge so we've tried to make the whole event exactly the same as a normal league game we just happen to be at a slightly bigger venue and have you had to pay to, to hire the stadium for the evening, or have West Ham donated uh, Sort of. It, it, yeah, there's, there's, there's various overheads and bits and pieces, so we're waiting to see what the bill is. But we've managed to sort of secure <laughs> the uh, uh, executive boxes and things like that, which means doing deals with the hotels and uh, the hotel parts. So there's lots and lots of contractual issues and bits and pieces you have to uh, wind your way through uh, before we could put it on. So, um, yeah, the, the, we're, we're into profit. How much profit depends on the final shakeout. But um, we're, we're delighted that we, we, we've um, beaten all the financial forecasts. So uh, I've done mm. my job. Now it's over to the over to the players and the manager. Good. Yeah, well, a friend of the podcast, Leon, I know, is, is doing his usual DJing gig. Yep, looking and, forward to that. Uh, and we announced uh, earlier on Clarence Hugh that uh, you, you, you've banged Spent owing of, of YouTube fame to uh, be the stadium announcer for the night as well, haven't you? Yeah, he's a good supporter of ours, and we're delighted to to get him. And um, again, waiting to see what, waiting to see him do his stuff. 
Now, we talk about the game, obviously, against Spurs ladies, so a little bit of Ryan through there. The men have done it uh, only less than a week ago. Yep. Um, well, yeah, only six days or five days ago, as we record this today. What, what are West Ham, for the people who don't know the West Ham ladies, how's their season going? What, what are the chances of them beating Spurs ladies? It's, um, it's, it's been an up and down season. Those who have been following it, it's been, it's been a bit of a um, soap opera in terms of anything that can, can go wrong, I think did go wrong. Uh, we're, we're now mid-league, uh, mid-table or low mid-table. We're, we're, I think we've got no problem with uh, relegation, but it's been a bit of an up and down uh, season. We're back to sort of where we were before Julian joined, but we've been changing personnel, changing systems, and mostly I've been doing my job, which is picking my way through the bits of the organisation and just sort of fixing it. So this was always going to be a transitional season. As for Spurs, um, well, we've played them three times this season. Um, one game we lost... Um, in the 96th minute, unfortunately, 2-1 uh, over at Spurs' place. And then at our place, we had a um, a cup game which went all the way to penalties. And I think we lost 7-6 um, on penalties. So it was a thrilling game. And um, all I hope for is an, another tight game. And, well, I hope for the win. But um, as long as it's a good game, I think both sides will be in unfamiliar surroundings. It's a much bigger pitch than they're used to. The quality will be superb. There will be lots and lots and lots of fans. Spurs have supported the world. They've taken the box and um, been selling a lot of tickets online as well. So um, everything is there to make it a good game. I think they're fairly evenly matched sides. They know each other well. There's, there's, there's like with the men, there's a little bit of needle and rivalry, which is always good. And um, as long as both sides um, perform their best, I think it's going to be a, a very good spectacle. We, well, we look forward to it. Unfortunately, I can't be there because uh, I had, I had uh, other plans for tomorrow, but I know a lot of other people who plan to go. So I hope, I hope it's a really good, um, successful event, both for awareness and, and bringing you a little profit. Well, it's already, it's already a successful event. It's just how successful depends on how many people turn up on the door tomorrow night. OK. Well, what's, just we're finished with, what's the future? I know that you know, there's a Super League in, in uh, ladies' football, and obviously there's been a lot more awareness with the, the Ladies' World Cup. Um, you, you came in as chairman to, and, and really have, have put the West Ham ladies on, on the map. Where, where can you go? Can you get to a Super League one day? Is, what, what's, what's oh yes, very much so. It's, it's probably in our league more. It's more. It's more about money. The, the 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 funding is very tight in women's football. It doesn't take a lot of money to get yourself into um, quite a successful financial situation. My focus has been really on balancing the background of the club so we can push on to Super League because essentially without the money. Um, you can't really build anything. Your players can be nicked far more easily than they can in the men's side because contracts are generally much shorter. So, for example, we lost one of our best players who went to um, join the reserves of another team because they were paid more money. So um, there's, there's, there's still the financial issue. So you can't really be a player until you've got the finances sorted. So I've been looking at building that so we can think about Super League. The other factor, of course, is you know the... Um, uh, Sullivan lads have uh, expressed an interest in uh, backing the ladies, and so that's something that's been going on throughout this season. And uh, there's a bit more about that in the programme that will be published tomorrow afternoon. The um, the position really is that um, I'm trying to put the club in a position where it's it's stable enough to have investment put into it, and it can become a vehicle to to build. So very much we're looking at the long term, and the long term is is Super League, obviously. And, uh, Super League and how, how much does it roughly cost to, to you know, run a club in Super League? Are, are we talking millions? Are we talking hundreds of thousands? No, it's, it's, it's a very funny, peculiar uh, 
sort of financial position, essentially a large chunk of the difference between us and the Super League 2 team is not a lot financially, except that they get a lot more league money. So um, to some extent, uh, the difference, there's, it's a bit like the championships or the premiership. The, the hardest thing is to get into the Super League in many ways. There's, there's four or five teams in our league who are uh, you know, a mini league in themselves. You know, someone like Brighton or Charlton, um, uh, Cardiff, Coventry, Portsmouth. Those sort of teams have had a longer-term uh, investment. Uh, Brighton, especially, they turn up with um, all sorts of gadgets, all sorts of support teams, uh, strength in depth and every possible level, um, videoing equipment, data analysis, and stuff that we just can't, frankly, compete with yet. And to get that, some of that is voluntary, some of that is funded by the main club, and um, it's not, you know, at this sort of level, it's not profitable for the main club to to invest in it uh, yet, but it will be as the money grows, as the attendance grows. We've tried to sort of build a strategy of um, meeting the club halfway. If we can build um, a solid backbone, um, good support, um, a regular attendance, and slowly build that and, and become a viable club on our own two feet, then it's something which an investor, be it an outside person such as myself, or the main club could look to invest in to sort of build something that's, that's viable. Um, the money, yeah, the money difference is largely down to central funding. The uh, most expensive players in the country are sort of on £60,000 a year, and they're England players, and most of mm. that is paid for by uh, the FA. So mm. um, it's, it's, the economics are different but the same, I suppose, in, in the women's side. Um, but the, the simple thing is the more fans attend, that money goes straight into the running of the club, and uh, the difference between um, paying no wage and a small wage is huge in our in our sort of level because players will cross the road for you know almost a few thousand pounds a year it's 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 very very um small beer compared with big stuff but equally means that the fans have got pretty good control of of a ladies club they can influence it in such a great way because the, because the numbers are much smaller well, obviously, the West Ham brand's going from strength to strength, uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch, moving to the Olympic Stadium. Um, hopefully, some of that rubs on the West, rubs off on the West Ham ladies. Uh, we wish you all the best of luck for tomorrow. Hope you get a lot more walk-ins on the day, uh, and all the best for the rest of the season, Stephen. And uh, thanks for being our guest on more than just a podcast. On behalf of the girls, thank you very much. Thanks. See you, mate. Cheers. There you go. There's Stephen Hunt, chairman of West Ham ladies, ahead of uh, a. Big and exciting night for the West Ham ladies. And I hope they, I hope they do over the dirty Spurs ladies. <laughs> I don't think you can really say that in Why that not? context. Sean, Why not? That's, it's all right if you call the the man's team dirty Spurs. You can't say the ladies. You want the ladies to do the dirty on on Spurs tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. There, uh, it's time for this. Yes, it's time for Facebook to the question time. Uh, it's where we ask you, the listener, to get involved with us, the podcast, by tweeting us at more TGA podcast or visiting us and commenting on our status on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast. Uh, earlier on today, I put on our Facebook page, what well a result at Goodison. Thank you. We are back tonight at 7.30pm to talk about this great result and reflect on just how well things are going at the mo- moment and Yay. nine points in a week. 
Will we beat Man U at Old Trafford on Sunday? Should Antonio be the one we're tipping for an England call-up rather than Noble? Let us know below. We'll read them out tonight. Oh, yeah, actually, one thing I haven't said is um, Antonio. With Marcus Rashford, or whatever his name is, being uh, talked about for an England call-up for the friendlies because he scored four goals. How come this man... Mm. I did a poll on Clarence Hughes. Consistently did you see that? for four months, three, three, four months, and now started scoring loads of goals. How mm. can he not be... be 1,200 people, I asked that same he question. Plays, he plays for West Ham. He doesn't get in. Roy, Roy hasn't got no 60% interest. said he should be called up. 20% said he's not ready yet. And 20% said, I don't care about my national team, so I don't care. I tweeted a really... Really controversial statement today that I would love Pyatt so Pyatt so much that I would cheer if he scored against England in the final of the Euros. Wow, <laughs> that's that's not normal, George. No, is it not? No, I don't. I honestly don't. Do you care know what though, George? Is a point. I have lost interest. Yeah, in I really. Oh, I've, yeah, I have as well. I really have. I'm and supporting I think Wales. I want Ginger Collins to. I just don't. Do well. I I don't like Roy. Um, I can't I, stand a man. Uh, I just, I just don't feel warm for England, and I just, oh. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel <laughs> like the, my my team. I don't feel warm for England. I don't, I don't get a warm feeling inside, Do inside not. of me. Walking up anyway, and down. Facebook to question time. Yeah, Ed Hawthorne said. Man U will be worn out from Europa on Thursday and without matter who saw red. I, antici- I anticipate a youth squad from them against our first team. As long as Antonio continues to cover well at right back, Reed or Tompkins are fit to partner Rog Bonner. I see us winning 1-0. I think Reed will be back. Reed will be back. Tompkins won't be. Tompkins is not back till Chelsea. Lewis, your own trout says, Evening, gents. Good it's about Good time evening. we had the rub yeah. of the green versus Everton. Rush. The amount of times we've outplayed them at home and they've done us late on is countless. Antonio fully deserves a call-up, but that owl-faced Pratt won't bother. Owl-faced Pratt. I guess that's Hodgson he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, Manor have a tough game on Thursday, so that may be in our favour. Will Reed be back for the tie? Yes, yeah. he will. Darren Kitching says, keep them away from the international arena, I say. I remember Ashton. Fair point. I don't ever recall us coming back to win from 2-0 down, but we did against Bradford in 2000. The famous yeah. 5-4. Yeah. Uh, that was the last time, though. Yeah. By the way, just from the international bit, it's not just Antonio deserves a call. I Chris still well, believe Noble. Cresswell and Noble. All three of them. Oh, yeah. Trio. And what happened the last time we had a trio in England? We won the World Cup. Yeah. So what am I saying? Was that the last time we had a trio in England? I can't remember. No. You tell me another time. I'd, I'd like to a trio. I honestly Answers on a postcard, please. I'd like, if to, see, trio. I'd like to see that, you know, you know, or I'd like to think that Roy will get sacked after this campaign. Yeah. And Sam Allardyce will oh, be the manager. Win it. And there'll be a new manager in, and there's someone, someone who doesn't just look at everyone who's Harry plays Redman. for Tottenham. Man United. And Man United. Uh, Jose Mourinho. Darren says, I actually thought Song was instrumental when he came on. He dictated the pace and directed traffic very well. He did. And gave away the penalty. Paez's away form is gradually improving. He must have listened to me. Gary Prince says, <laughs> I can't see why any West Ham players... I can't see any West Ham players getting in the England squad. Roy is happy with what he has got. Next season, this could change. Cresswell will be the first one to get a cap. I hope so. Any spares for Man United away? Well, we don't. None of us are going. No. I have. We should have got have some a massive to sell for a profit. You what? We should have got some and sold them. That was profit. just not in the uh, in the uh, interests of any fellow supporters, Sean. 
All right. What I meant was we'd get some of the settlement face value to yeah. help other no, sports. Uh, yeah, I'm pl- my Sunday league team has a massive semi on Sunday, so I'm I'm preoccupied with that semi. Yeah, and I have I have something on with with my children this weekend, so I couldn't go. I could have gone if it was a Monday. We could have gone if it was a Monday, yeah, couldn't we? we could have. I'm going to come and watch you lot play your massive semi. You're coming to watch us play, a, play our and massive semi. And John wouldn't come if we weren't going. Uh, so you would have come y- if we Are you shin splints better? Not really. But um, I played John, yesterday, 90 minutes. If George and myself were going, you would have come, wouldn't you? Probably, Sean. You come, we you come are, to Chelsea and you we come to West Brom. We are going to Chelsea away and West Brom away. We haven't got a ticket for West Brom yet, but we booked we our trains. We will get it, though. Yeah, we? We? Well, yeah. I was talking about this, actually, yesterday. Watching Man United, West Brom, looking at their way and thinking, all right, we get a ticket. Because <laughs> we haven't got as many points as other people. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul Cole. Also, so I also thought, saw Pae giving his shirt and they're all going up to giving their shirts away to the away supporters. Hmm. And I know that at Chelsea, we've got shit. So we're right at the very front and right in the corner via their fans. Oh, we are. So we might get a shirt, Sean. Well, they mainly give them to children, to be honest, not a 48 and a 49-year-old man. Yeah, you never know. Are you 49 or 48? I'm about a little bit younger than you, you know. You're 48, aren't you? Yeah. You must be 48. Paul Cole says, definitely think Antonio deserves a run for England. He causes defenders so many problems. They say that they work people out after a while, but that's hard to do against pure pace and work ethic. ethic. He's second to none. Yeah, he's right. He's also very random, isn't he? He's yeah, he's hot and cold, but he's when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah, but he's, he's unpredictable, so that does make him difficult to play against. Uh, Palumi Ugunlana says WHU 2-1 versus Manchester United Lanzini and Carroll to score when will Adrian replace De Gea for Spain well I think that's going to be very hard to do but I can see him being called up for uh, Again. a reserve spot do you know what Why not? call me selfish selfish but I don't want any of our players going off for international duty because it's bigger risk of injury and they get more worn well, out let's in face the season it. Dimitri's going to the Euros, uh, unless he breaks his leg. Well, why do you say that? Because he's had an absolute world even season issue. already. Because there's a personal issue between Dechamps and... Who? Dechamps? <laughs> What's his name? Didier Deschamps. Deschamps. Didier Deschamps. Well done. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's some kind of <laughs> mindfuck head kind oh, of... He's quite, famous, he's quite a famous tonight. player. He used to play in England. Mm. Yeah, he used to play for Chelsea. Yeah. There's something personal. Well, I, I would like agree, but I think it's impossible to ignore the creativity and talent. Allegedly. Really? Is that the? Is no, that the there's no allegedly there. No. I made that up. I'd like to take that back, please. Okay. Uh, that's it for Facebook's question time. All that's left now is predictions, predictions. for our, our massive quarter. Quarter final of the Sunday FA afternoon. Cup. Uh, Man United away at Old Trafford. Man United away at Old Trafford. You're just going to repeat what I say? Yeah. There'll be 9,000 West Ham fans at Old Trafford. This is the third time. By the way, this is a joint record of away fans in a in a Because they've got a special dispensation. Yeah. We've done it twice before. 2001. Yeah. When Di Canio scored. Yeah. When uh, Bartes asked for a taxi. Yeah, I remember that. 2003. Yeah. When we lost 6-0. Yeah. And this is the third time we've broken our away record. 9,000 people away. Well, not broken it, but equaled it. So it should be pretty amazing with 9,000 people there. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And we'll be like a 12th man. 
Uh, we won't. And they've got their, they're bringing their kindergarten kids out. Kindergarten? Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do them 2 1. I think we're going to. Bold state. I think we're going to win. I feel, I feel good. Mm. And we've got so many players coming back. Lanzini's going to have some input soon as well. He's, he's coming up. So what do you say? We haven't lost since he's come back. Uh, he says 2 1. I don't know. Like, well, well, you have to say something. It's, I, you know, I haven't sat here last uh, two days ago and sat here and just, oh, here we go. Typical West Ham. And in that, what they did then just sort of messed my mind on, up Some people bit. want to go to sleep. It's been a long podcast. Uh, I'd say we're going to win 1-0. Uh, oh, I usually say that. 1-0. I can't Sacco. choose it now. I yeah, was going to see. I was going to say 1-0. Paya, lob over Diggy and go. What? Diggy. I don't know Diggy. what you just said. Can you say, Diggy. start again, your prediction, please? Paya, yeah. 1 0. Yeah. Lobbed over Diggy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, Bob But shell. I'm not going to say 1 0 because he's already said 1 0. You said 2 1. You've said 1 0. I am going to go 2 0 with a, I'm going to change it completely, an Andy Carroll brace. Mm. Not on his leg, but actually goals from his little head with, um, well, it's quite a big head, uh, with... Um, got lovely hair. Payette, they, they're, both of them will come from Payette corners. One from the left, one from the right. Bang, bang. Two goals. Two nil. Have we nice. scored many from corners? Yeah. Have, we, have we had a penalty against Tottenham? Yeah. Uh, no, have we had a penalty? We must have had at least one penalty. I was thinking this the other day. I don't think we've had a penalty this season. I'm sure mm, we've had I at least one. one. Anyway, answers on a podcast. Uh, not on a podcast. Answers <laughs> on a postcard. <laughs> Are they? We're going to do another uh, one. Tell us if we've had any penalties. Let us know on the Facebook um, group. Maybe we can ask the independent um, Clarence Hugh historian uh, to answer that one. Actually, if he's out of a job, couldn't we make him the more than just a <laughs> podcast? Podcast historian. Uh, West Ham historian. Yeah, I think he's looking for a job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He he could do. We could do a new feature. What? Nigel Khan's fun, interesting his history, history fact. fact. Yeah, the historical part. Thank you for listening to Morning's podcast. Podcast. My name's George. Sean I've been Sean. Has been Sean. John has been very attentive. To Thank you for listening. Come, Come on, you irons. Get in the semi-final. Beat the dirty Man United. Manure. This is a big quarter. Bobby Moore, more than just a podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.